This is the People in Their Work podcast. I am Professor Doug Gardner in the Student Leadership and Success Studies Department at Utah Valley University. In this podcast, you will hear the first-person stories of people journeying through their education, work, and career decision-making. Paul Cartwright had many who cautioned him about the instability of a career in the arts. Now as an actor, voice actor, author, and entrepreneur, he is making it work. Sure, there is instability, but there is a way to make it work. Listen as Paul describes his journey. What's interesting about this this journey is that starting out, when I was going to, to college, what I was continually bombarded with was make a decision that is going to benefit you in terms of safety and security. Make a decision that's going to give you some consistency and that, you know, you're going to be able to provide for yourself. And if you have a family, you know, you can help you and your partner, you can provide for each other and and take care of things. And so I was continually discouraged all through college from going down the performing arts route, purely because there is no consistency and the income is not great in several of the mediums. You can get into that top four, top 5% that are, you know, making money on it regularly, then great. But the chances of that are so astronomical, like don't even try for that. You know, that's what I was continually receiving all through college. First went into college, I started studying pre-med because I was like, hey, you know, there's money and consistency in being a doctor or in the medical field. So I should do pre-med. Started doing pre-med and after about two semesters, I was like, this is not what I want to do. This is just me trying to get a degree because of something that could possibly make me money and provide for a family. And that's not what I want to be doing. I want to provide for my family doing what I love. I switched to a theater minor with a degree in PR, strategic communication and speech writing. And the reason I made that shift is because I thought, right, if I'm getting a minor in theater, I'm studying the things that I actually like and that I want to study, but I'm also getting a major you know, a bachelor of of arts in strategic communication and speech writing, which in a way could help me still use my my creativity in speech writing or in, you know, PR crisis management. I have an opportunity to use my creative side with writing. So maybe this is an avenue that will give me some consistency and some, you know, stability that's not necessarily the fine arts. Went that route, it, uh, I, I pursued that degree the whole time I was performing full time while going to school and, and making a living. Like I was paying all my bills performing, doing all this. And eventually when I graduated and got my degree, I was like, I just made a living performing and paying for school. Like, why would I not pursue this professionally? Like if, if I just did it and saw that it worked, like, what am I doing here? So I took my degree, I decided to pursue performing arts. So at the time I I got married and we, you know, we were talking about, you know, what's, what's the plan here. And I just said, well, I want to be a performer. And I know I put that off and I know I thought I needed more stability with my degree, but the reality is I'm passionate about the arts. That's what brings me joy. That's what makes me happy. I said, "We're, we're doing this. I'm pursuing it. So after pursuing it for a while and hitting all the roadblocks that everyone talks about, and hitting all the walls that everyone talks about, I thought, well, is there a way to stay in the arts, but find some consistency and stability that I've been looking for? And that was when the idea came, well, what if I taught at a university? What if I taught acting 
at a university. That would give me stability. That would give me security. That would give me a full-time job that I could still use those creative outlets, but not, you know, all of the, the scary uncertainty of the performing arts world. So I decided to go and do the big auditions that they do in New York and Chicago to try and get, you know, a, a master's of fine arts so I could teach at university. And for two years, I went to Chicago and New York and auditioned for all the big schools and didn't get anything, no callbacks, nothing. So I, I couldn't pursue a, a master's. So at this point, I'm using my degree in PR and strategic communication to do sales to provide for my family while I'm trying to figure out how to get into full-time creative arts. And then finally, I was able to get into the Royal Conservatory in England for my Master's of Fine Arts in Acting. Went over there for two years, got my MFA in Acting in England, and then moved to LA to be a full-time actor. So we moved to LA and uh, again, I, I pursued it full-time and after about eight months or so our savings was gone like it was just not working and i was like man i don't know what to do so i went back into sales to provide for my family while we tried to figure out the next step and so i'm we're back in sales and i'm still pursuing performing arts because it's my passion it's what i want to do and um at this point i had finally realized that all the people who were telling me not to pursue performing arts as a full-time career were not in the arts they were people who were not performers. They were people who weren't in the industry. And once I started connecting with my people in the industry and reaching out to those who were performers, all of them said, no, you got to pursue it. You have to pursue it because you can find a way. And sure enough, living in LA after being there for about a year and a half or so, I had a friend who said, have you ever thought about voice acting? And I hadn't really crossed my mind at all. And they said, well, come to this big conference. There's a big VO conference. Come check it out. So I showed up and instantly realized, oh, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. And so I put all my eggs in that basket. I didn't create an exit strategy. I said, I'm just going for this full bore. And within 10 months, I'd made my first $10,000 in voice acting and said, oh, there's something here. Pursued it full time and built a business from it. And just said, okay, if I'm going to do this, that means I've got to be, that means I'm not only the voice actor, but I'm also the accountant because I've got to take care of all my finances. That means I'm the marketing director because I have to get my name out there. That means I'm the creative director. I'm doing all my directed sessions. I'm the one creating this art myself. I also have to be the CEO because now I'm the business owner. I have to run this business somehow and I've got to pay for, you know, all the things. And so, um, I spent, you know, from that time until now, building a business as an entrepreneur that now provides for my family more than any job I've ever previously held. And I am now living the entire dream life I've always wanted after taking all those risks and really going for it. But from, from when I graduated, after getting my initial degree in PR and strategic communication until now has been... 12 years, which means it wasn't an overnight thing to where I was like, oh yeah, now I know what I want. I mean, it was a total journey and a total process. But I think if I had stuck to my guns initially and just said, look, this is what I'm passionate about and this is what I wanna do, 
And so I'm going to go do it. Uh, I think it might have come to fruition maybe a little earlier, but at the same time, everyone's journey is supposed to be different and everyone's journey is supposed to be what it is. So I don't think, I don't think if I had a time machine, I would have changed anything because all of that was necessary as, as part of my process. So one thing that's interesting about my family is that, you know, my, my spouse, my wife, Melanie, she, she's an actress as well. And she is familiar with the life in the arts. What's interesting is that she recognized that my pursuing this full time meant a lot of work on her end because she knew that, you know, for me to dive into this meant sporadic, you know, auditions that pop up that I have to just leave and go audition during the middle of the day and, you know, inconsistent income with, you know, usually clients take anywhere from 30 to 90 days to pay out on, on, on projects. And there, this is the, this is the inconsistency that people talk about where, you know, if I go, if I go a month without booking a job and then I book six jobs the next month, we don't see that money for three more months down the line. And then it comes all kind of at once. And so we then have to learn money management. We then have to understand, okay, we just got a check for $7,000 and we have to pay all our bills with that and make sure we have money in preparation for next month if a job doesn't come. And so that's all thing, that's all, you know, part of, of this inconsistent journey that we have to understand. And having my wife, Melanie, who understands the industry and who understood all that meant that we could take more sacrifices than most because we both understood what was waiting at the other end. Whereas if my wife didn't understand the industry, that's a whole other ball game when it comes to now, wait a second, what do you mean? We don't get paid for 90 days or, you know, it, all of that, all of that would just be, would just be a lot harder, but because she understood it, it meant that not only do we have that assurance that we get how this works, but also there's opportunities to perform with her. There's opportunities to bring her along on the journey. I mean, we had the opportunity to perform in the Tabernacle Choir Christmas concert in downtown Salt Lake over the holidays and do that together with our daughter, Rachel who at the time was old enough to participate. We get to have meaningful experiences together while we're on the journey, as opposed to, you know, whether it's a dentist or a CPA or some other profession where they're so locked in and there's only so much they can share that makes sense, you know, or that's, that's interesting. Whereas in this endeavor, I get to say, hey, what if we perform together and have this experience together and share that as a family as we're going along? So that's that's been an incredibly unique aspect of pursuing the arts full time is that because my wife gets it and is part of it, she gets to be in it. And when she's doing something and I'm not, she can also provide that way where she can. If there's a season along the way where she's like, hey, I'd love to audition for this or, hey, I've been asked to direct this or choreograph this. I can say, great. Yeah, let me take a little backseat for a minute while you go fulfill your creative endeavor. And I can take care of the family while you're doing that. That's been a really fun and uh, healthy back and forth that she and I get to share in this journey. Another aspect about performing together with my wife that's that's unique is that we met performing. One summer when I was performing out in Illinois uh, in a teeny little town called Nauvoo on the banks of the Mississippi, it was a summer performing opportunity through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was basically a period drama that's a recreation of, of the events that took place there. 
back in the 1800s. And so I showed up and was performing as part of the core cast of performers who were there for the whole summer. And my wife was a, a service missionary who was out there for the summer performing in little shows and things around the town. That was where we first met. And then the next year, we both came out as part of that core group who comes out for the whole summer. And so we got to spend the whole summer performing together in Illinois, sharing this story uh, together and have since been back, I don't know if it's five or six times with our family. We have built kind of this core, you know, a familial performance together every summer uh, as a family in, in Nauvoo, Illinois, which has been an incredible uh, experience for us that we get to relive every summer that we go back. So that's been really beautiful for us as well. And so, you know, sometimes when things get hard, we just can, you know, go back to those memories of Nauvoo in the summer where we're working and struggling together as a family. And that helps, you know, that helps remind us, hey, we can do hard things as a family. We can work through whatever this is. When I first found VO or, or voiceover or voice acting, I, I didn't quite understand what, what the whole industry was. And I think this is part of why it's so important to, if you have an interest in something, just go for it. Just go do that. Because whether or not that one thing that you were interested in works out, you're going to learn stuff along the way that's going to help influence if you branch off from that or move away from that. And so, you know, me being a full-time actor and getting my master's in acting in England, coming to LA, thinking I was going to be a full-time on-camera actor, as I pursued that, and then as things came in, like voiceover, voice acting, and I said, oh, that's interesting. What is that? That led me to my full-time job now. So always be open to those possibilities because voice acting initially started as, hey, this might be an opportunity to earn some income. Well, once I got into the voice acting industry and realized that there is, it's a, it's its own ecosystem. It's a whole world in there that there are levels of performance. There are A-list voice actors, you know, who are full-time actors making, you know, six, seven figures voice acting. And then there's newcomers and rookies, you know, amateur voice actors and how after a certain time and after, you know, performing in a certain amount of things, you can get an agent specifically in voice acting who then sends you the big gigs and the big bookings that lead you to, you know, becoming part of the union, the SAG-AFTRA union, the Screen Actors Guild. That's all part of being a voice actor, which is included in on-camera acting. So over the years, as I've done more voice acting, I've been entered into voice acting awards. For instance, the uh, the Voice Arts Awards, which are basically the Oscars of voiceover, are a thing. And so I have won several Voice Arts Awards and been nominated countless times for Voice Arts Awards. And You know, I've been going to voiceover conferences as a keynote speaker and as a guest speaker because over the years, as I've been performing more and more and establishing myself in the career as a professional, and as I've reached my way in the ranks to, you know, someone who's trusted and someone who people come to for advice or people use. And I, you know, I, as a working actor, I'm booking all the time. That's how I make a living. Booking just basically meaning I'm getting jobs. People are asking me to do work. And so the whole uh, microcosm of the, the voice world, the whole, you know, world of that is such that I had no idea until I got in it and did it and realized, oh, this is its own world in here. And it's, it's, it's a whole other world that 
I wasn't necessarily familiar with, but then as I kept living it, uh, it made more sense and it, and it, it became my lifetime. Sometimes, you know, when, when I look back at my degree in university, my undergraduate degree and, you know, how I, how I had initially gone into PR and strategic communication, you know, sometimes people say, well, now that you're an actor, you know, was your degree useless? Uh, and I remind them, no, like not at all, because as a voice actor now, when I first had that moment of, if you're going to be a voice actor, you have to run your own business. You have to do everything. There's no one who's going to do it for you. I very quickly had to go back to, okay, well, everything I learned in public relations and PR, including mass communication law, so mass comm law was a major part of that, I had to start looking at legal aspects. Like if I'm owning a business, what are some of the things that could happen to me as a business owner if somebody had a problem with my business? What are some of the things I have to do if somebody goes online and starts slandering my work? You know, what, how do I approach that from a PR standpoint? All of a sudden I'm realizing, oh, as a business owner, everything that I learned in my PR and strategic communications class helps me as a marketer. I have to reach out to potential clients. And so how am I going to craft a marketing email to reach out to these people? What happens if I see that there's someone out there who's had a PR blunder and I know that I can approach them and say, hey, I'm a voice actor. Let me help you construct a message for your company. Here's how we can do it. Let me show you and, and, and provide for you. I have my degree in PR and strategic communication. You know, the, there are countless times that my degree has influenced, helped, assisted, benefited what I've done as an entrepreneur. Because that first time that I sat down after a client said, great, we want to use you. And I went, oh, I have to send them an invoice. I have to create a client relationship management tool that has all my clients that I've worked with and how much they've paid me and who the contact is. And all of a sudden now I have to build and construct this entire business model that I didn't realize had, I, I thought I just use my voice and get paid. Well, no, there's a whole, whole other business side of this that has to be created. I had to register my business license through the state of Utah and create an LLC, a limited liability corporation. Like I, these are things that had never crossed my mind when I started pursuing the arts. But then because I had a PR degree and a strategic communication bachelor's degree, all of those things became a little easier because I had actually gone through that process and understood some of those things. So my degree was never useless. And I don't think any degree is useless because any amount of education and information that we receive will influence us in some way as we move forward. So that was one you know, really nice thing that I had on my end was that as I built a business, I had all of that information in my undergrad degree. One thing that's really difficult about running my own business and having my own, you know, voiceover career is exactly what the people who weren't in the performing arts profession were telling me about earlier. And that is what they'd been hearing about inconsistency. And the reality is, yes, it's an incredibly inconsistent profession, but the, the nuances of how to make money and how to survive and how to do what I love, that might've been lost on all those people. But what wasn't lost is that, yeah, there are times where I don't know where the money's coming from and I've got to figure that out. And as a, a father and a husband and a partner to my spouse, 
it's incredibly important that I'm providing in some way in our relationship. And so in, in my relationship with my family, my wife really wants to take care of the kids and help build their, their schooling and, and help build their lives as children and stay at home with them. And I respect that and love that decision. And I've made the decision that I want to provide for our family and be a financial stability for our family. So that's the decisions that we've made as a couple. And so in following those decisions, I have to know where the money is coming in. And I have to know where we are going to provide for our family. When it comes time to, it's been three weeks and, and there's no money coming in and I haven't booked anything in a while and I've got to try and figure out, okay, what's the next step? That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of, of anxiety. That's a lot of sleepless nights going, you know, my partner's Melanie, my wife, she's doing her job. She's taking care of the kids. I haven't brought in any work in a couple of weeks. You know, I feel like I'm not doing my job. Well, these are natural things that happen when you run a business and when you're, when you're, you know, like this is all natural feelings that come, but what it shouldn't be is cause for concern. What it should be more than anything is motivation to say, okay, so what's the next step? How do I keep moving? What's the next goal? And so for me, that has translated into putting my hand in a whole bunch of different pots. Okay, so if voice acting slows down a little bit, let's, let's, let's try some on-camera film acting. Oh, on-camera film acting is slowing down as well. Um, I've always wanted to write a children's book. Great, so I've written three children's books. Oh, you know, what else, what are other things I can do to continue pursuing creative arts, but also potentially provide income for my family? And so as I've done that, and as I've started building a career, I've been looking at what are the next steps to provide security and financial safety for my family? For me, as I've built up this career and as I've started doing bigger and bigger work and bigger and bigger projects, my goals and aspirations have continually grown and expanded because as I hit and accomplish goals, the last thing I want to do is set the same goal for the next year. Like I've hit that level. So let's grow. Let's, let's set a goal that maybe I won't achieve if, if I don't, you know, push myself and go harder. And so it's imperative that every time you achieve a goal, you set the next goal, maybe even out of your reach so that you've got to push yourself beyond what you have, because that's how the growth happens. And so as I look back to some of the goals I set when I first started this business and to some of the goals I have now, dramatically different. I mean, I'm, I'm setting goals that two years ago, I would have been like, that's not possible. Like, why would you even set that goal? And then I look at it now and I go, you know, I think I can make that happen. So little by little, setting goals that stretch you as you move forward and then working towards the things you love, because even though it's become a job and even though voice acting has become my career, yes, there are times where I'm like, man, it's 11.30 PM and I've got six auditions that are due in the morning and I don't really want to do those tonight. But it's like, this is the job. This, this might be hard right now, but remember, you're doing what you love for a living. You do the hard stuff because that's part of the job. That has all been a great learning experience for me. I'm excited to see where this goes in the future because like you said, I've got a long career ahead of me. You know, I'm just kind of in the beginning stages and there's a lot of work to do and it's filled with a ton of uncertainty and that's okay. It's okay to not know. It's okay to not know what's around the corner and what's going to happen. And that, that's kind of exciting for me. So I'm, I'm excited for what's to come. I am Doug Gardner, and this has been the People in Their Work podcast. 
Music by Christopher Weiss. Images are from the UVU Roots of Knowledge stained glass exhibit by Holdman Studios. 